Welcome back to another episode of Stand on Guard. I'm your host, David Creighton. Thanks for joining me again today. That's two broadcasts in a day. Yes, we're on a roll. We've got so much to talk about. I think you're going to like this episode a lot. We'll be back in a minute to discuss. So we are in a very precarious position in this country. We need political change, but we also need the resolve to resist. So what's happening with Pierre Polyev today? Conservative leader at a news conference today, and he had some incredible things to say. Now, I'm the first one who has criticized Mr. Polyev for being reticent at times to come out on hard social issues. He hasn't done that today. He has been forthright and honest, and I think it's very significant what he talked about. And the first thing is, what about putting biological men with women in change rooms, in prisons? Let's have a listen to what Mr. Pauly have said today. Should be exclusively for females, uh, not for biological males. Um, the, you ask if I introduce legislation on that. A lot of the spaces you described are provincially and municipally controlled. So it is unclear what federal legislation what would reach federal legislation would have to change them. But obviously, uh, female sports, female change rooms, female bathrooms should be for females, not for biological males. Thank you. Thank you. This is massive. And it does take a bit of courage for the conservative leader, the opposition leader, to say this, because you know He's going to be attacked directly by Justin Trudeau, the prime minister, who just thinks this is horrible because this is not something Trudeau is going to support. And everybody who is caught up in this transgender obsession is going to be objecting to what Polyev said today. But really, it's commonsensical. And the, and the reporter who asked this question from Rebel News made the point that the Trudeau government has been waging a war on women, that it's not safe for women to be anywhere, even in, even in prison, because they're being forced to be there with biological men. And this has been going on everywhere, at women's shelters, at gymnasiums, at, at change rooms. and. Dave Menzies, who asked the question, has been covering a case in southern Ontario where there's a 50-year-old biological male insisting upon changing with little girls at a pool, a municipal pool. Now, I think Polyev is right in saying that there's not going to be blanket federal legislation that's going to be a cure-all, that's going to make this all go away. And I don't think he's copping out by any means by saying that he's being honest this is and he's being frank this is not going to be easy to overcome but the prime minister of this country needs to exercise moral leadership which is something justin trudeau has never been able to do he simply caves 
to identity politics. And he is always out there fighting for extremist positions. He's always out there against parents. These parents who don't want their children changing their clothes and undressing with a 50-year-old biological male in the room with them. So this was a massive announcement today from the leader of the official opposition. Good for him. Last week, he came out against puberty blockers for those under 17. Another case of coming out with a common sense position. He's always saying the Conservative Party is adopting common sense positions. I have been reluctant at times to accept that, but I agree with him here. And no, I'm not saying he's the only political leader saying that. I know Maxime Bernier, the leader of the People's Party of Canada, has said it earlier and he said it louder. And I give Maxime credit for that too. But Pierre Polyev is more than likely going to be the next Prime Minister of Canada, and he needs to say these things too, and thank God he's doing it. I want to go to the next question, and that was about, is Pierre Polyev aware of Trudeau's next censorship legislation, which it tentatively has been called the Online Safety Act, will probably be called that again, but it's also being referred to as the Online Harms Act. Let's hear what Mr. Polyev says about that. We will oppose Justin Trudeau's latest attack on freedom of expression. And um, I want to ask, what does Justin Trudeau mean when he says, when he says the word hate speech? He means speech he hates. So, for example, let's go through some of the things he said is hate speech. Jerry Butts, the PMO uh, puppet master, said that it was hate speech to criticize Trudeau for using the ridiculous term people kind. Right? The, Justin Trudeau said anyone who criticized him during the pandemic was engaging in hate speech. Um, Basically, anybody who disagrees with his radical agenda when it comes to kids, he says, is hate speech. He attacked Muslim parents who were protesting against his agenda. Is he going to criminalize those Muslim parents for protecting their children in schools? Uh, go down the list of things that Justin Trudeau disapproves of, and you can imagine all of the things that will be criminalized. Then there becomes the question of who is going to be in charge of determining what is hate speech. Um, recently, a school board in Ontario banned Anne Frank's books. Okay, so would that be considered hate speech under Justin Trudeau's woke uh, authoritarian agenda? I think it would. So anyone who thinks that speech they don't like is going to be criminalized and therefore the bill should be supported, go through that, those people should go through the, the list of their own thoughts that Justin Trudeau considers to be unacceptable views, and you can assume that he will ban all of that as well. And finally, I point out the irony that someone who spent the first half of his adult life as a practicing racist who dressed up in hideous racist costumes so many times, he says he can't remember them all, should then be the arbiter 
on what constitutes hate. Why doesn't he, what he should actually do is look into his own heart and ask himself why he was such a hateful racist, for, for despite his enormous personal privileges of a multi-million dollar trust fund, being the son of a prime minister, uh, growing up in mansions, traveling the world, why he had so much hate in his art that he was uh, such an awful racist. And what he should do is actually explain where that ugliness came from, and maybe in that way, rather than through coercion, he could uh, help in, uh, us all in the fight against real hate. Thank you. Now that's turning the tables on Justin Trudeau, who's always accusing his enemies, political enemies, his political opponents, anyone he disagrees with as being racist, misogynist, sometimes even Nazis. But Pierre Polyev has made it quite clear here. Trudeau is the one who's exercised racist behavior, racist activity for most of his adult life. Yes, Mr. Blackface Performer, a gifted blackface performer who really seems to think this was his second career for, for a large part of his life. And as Polyev says, no, he can't remember how many times he did it, how many videos are still out there not being displayed or shown. Yes. Justin Trudeau is the one with the race problems. And Justin Trudeau is the one who seems to want to go after everybody else but himself, as usual, as usual. So this is very significant, what Pierre Pauliev is saying here, because he is, he is saying the Conservative Party is not going to criminalize speech because hate speech can mean anything you want it to mean, and it will mean anything Justin Trudeau says it means. The Online Safety Act, which is coming our way, it may be called the Online Harm Act. I don't know yet. It hasn't been introduced. It was previously introduced as the Online Safety Act. And that's probably how it's going to be reintroduced, just like it was recently passed in the United Kingdom. And what does it do? It bans disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation. Anything that the government disagrees with, and it criminalizes so-called hate speech even further, specifically on the internet. The problem is it doesn't define any of these concepts. It just leaves it up to the discretion of the government. And where is this occurring? All over the world, literally, as I speak. Canada is continuing to make the adjustments to its censorship trilogy. We had C-11, C-18, and the next C-something or other is coming with the Online Safety Act or the Online Harm Act. United States has got the Restrict Act. Great Britain, the Online Safety Bill has passed. European Union has passed the Digital Services Act. Australia has passed its Online Safety Act. Yes, it's out there. And this is a clear and present danger to all of us who are on the Internet as independent journalists, but it's also a clear and present threat to all of us as Canadians who value, who treasure, who have a meaningful relationship with our free speech and think that's a cornerstone of democracy, a foundation of Canadian democratic life, of our liberty. That 
can be taken away from us from a hypocrite like Justin Trudeau, who's been a racist in his behavior his entire life, but yet calls everybody else a racist but himself because he feeds off identity politics. Is there a larger issue here? Is there a larger agenda? Yes, you saw where it's happening in democratic countries around the world. Is there a global agenda here that Trudeau isn't even talking about? You bet there is. And if you haven't watched this entire interview, here's something you really need to see. Watch this. Is driven by the EU Digital Services Act and that and NATO being yes. a sort of military arm of the EU. This is going to be the main tool that is used that will be used uh, to try to force Elon to censor like the other major platforms. Uh, the, the, those censorship standards are being teed up uh, in, in with the, with the EU's joint partnership with groups like NewsGuard, you know, we've talked about NewsGuard as Michael V. Hayden on its board, former head of the CIA, NSA, four-star general. It has Anders Fogh Rasmussen on its board, the former head of NATO, Tom Ridge, the former head of DHS, Rick Stengel, the former head of the Global Engagement Center at the State Department. Uh, it is this uh, sort of apex uh, predator of the national security state all-star squad. And it's working with the European Union to craft the disinformation regulations that X is going to be in a bind to comply with because it'll cost them 6% of their annual revenue if they if they don't comply. And they're not going to want to get kicked out of the EU market because the EU market is even larger than the U.S. market. It's 450 million people in the EU versus only 300 million some in the U.S. So they're they're really caught in the crosshairs here. You know, uh, I don't mean to take it back to uh, to Taylor Swift, but, you know, you had the head of the, the EU uh, make a make a plea uh, three weeks ago to Taylor Swift to uh, to do a get out the vote campaign for uh, uh, in all the European countries that her European tour is uh, is set to do just weeks before the EU elections. Uh, and you know the main thing uh, is if the EU's parliamentary uh, majorities hold for the pro NATO factions, uh, they will be using this transatlantic flank attack. That is, the U.S. State Department will be working with the EU uh, regulators to to force any U.S. companies who don't take down disinformation about the elections um, to uh, to essentially forfeit their entire EU market license. So if you haven't listened to Mike Benz before, he's a former member of the deep state. He knows what's going on. He was part of the engineering of it. He knows what's happening. How, yes, Elon Musk will be a target for not bowing to the censorship regulations. Uh, Elon Musk is by no means perfect, and neither is his his social media outlet X. I have trouble with it all the time in terms of it... <laughs> suppressing my stories, but he is trying to move it away from the blanket censorship it had experienced previously. And you bet the international censors want to come down on him with all their force and all their might. So this is a very dangerous operation that's going on. And the the last thing we need to do as Canadians is to pretend it's somebody else's problem. Justin Trudeau, as a acolyte of the World Economic Forum, as a fan and a friend of the WEF's director, Klaus Schwab, 
has been instrumental in advancing the censorship agenda in Canada and around the world. What goes for Canada, as you can see, is going for other democratic countries. And the EU is taking a very hard line on this. And it's going to further impact us all in Canada and throughout the world. So this is a very dangerous position. And Polyev needs to be frank and honest about that. And he needs to make his opposition to the criminal criminalizing of free speech. He needs to say, no, a conservative government won't do it. It will repeal any movements by the liberals, by the Trudeau government to do so. And it will always come down on the side of free speech and against these nebulous and undefined concepts of misinformation, disinformation, malinformation, and hate speech, which are up to anybody's interpretation, especially those who are in power and who want to lord it over us and take away our rights. So this is very important stuff. I urge you, get educated, make sure you know what's going on. And when this bill is introduced, and it will be, make sure you understand what it's all about and make sure you, your friends, and your family are actively opposing it. Writing your MPs, making sure that they understand this is very dangerous ground that we as Canadians are not prepared to walk on. So bravo for Polly up today with this news conference for coming out with some truth and with some courage. Yeah, if he falters on this, I'm going to be the first person to hold him accountable, just like I hold Trudeau accountable. But I congratulate him on doing this today and for saying this, because there's nothing more foundational to our democratic way of life than our free speech. Thanks so much for watching today. Please have a look at this brief message. Thank you for watching this episode of Stand on Guard and being a part of the Creighton's Right channel. If you've watched this episode to this point, you've watched it all. And that's really important for a small station like this. We always say subscribe, hit the bell, be a part of the Creighton resistance. Resolve to resist. That's what we're doing. And if you become a subscriber, if you're a supporter of this station or a member through Substack, through YouTube, and now you can be a local as well, that's so important to us because I couldn't do this without you. I made a decision to become an independent journalist about a year ago because I wanted to bring all of my experience in the military, in journalism, to you. I don't promise anything I can't deliver. I don't offer clickbait. I offer truth. The truth is out there. And it's my job to bring that truth to light and to you. Thanks for being a part of the Creighton's Right Resistance. And we'll see you again soon. So we are in a very precarious position in this country. We need a political change, but we also need to resolve to resist.